Genre. Doctor's Companion, the weekly podcast where we review and discuss every episode of Doctor Who, one doctor at a time. I'm Nick Jimenez. I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. Today on the show, we will be discussing the Battle of Ranskor Af Kolos, the 10th and final episode of season 11, unless you count the New Year's special. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I guess we probably just should. Since yeah, it's yeah. gonna be like uh, <laughs> like a couple like a weeks, year and a half until so, we get another season. Yeah. So full disclosure, just before we get started, uh, there is a reason this episode is a bit late. Uh, it is entirely uh, my my doing. It was a little technical kerfluffle. Uh, so we've we've had the advantage of watching this episode twice now and uh, gathering our thoughts, hopefully a little more. And uh, yeah, I'm 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 excited because we get to get to, we get to talk about the season. Uh, I also went ahead and rewatched the woman who fell to earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the when, when we found out that we were recording again, I was there too. You were there too. Uh, <laughs> Scott was there, and and yeah, and it was interesting. And so I'm going to talk about that, and hopefully we'll talk a little bit more about series eleven and resolution and everything. We'll make it fun. This will be a fun episode for you. <laughs> wow, why are you talking it up now? All we can do is fail. Yes. Um, Thanks, Nick. All right. Thanks. It's going to be the greatest episode of the Doctor's Companion you've ever heard. <laughs> What's the greatest episode? We've done hundreds. I don't know. I'm sure there's people with opinions. The or second time they talked about deep breath. <laughs> that hasn't happened yet. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so so just to go around, uh, Cass, what were your like overall thoughts about uh, B- Battle of Ranscore of Colos? And how did you prepare for our second recording? Uh, the first time I was really ambivalent about it. Um, I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. Um, and I come out the second time much the same way, unfortunately. I... It's it's just cemented to me that I like things about Chris Chibnall, but I mostly dislike or not dislike, just like I don't know. It doesn't really do anything for me, um, in the way that like the past what five four episodes previous to this have done. Mm-hmm. Um, I I I like him as a writer sometimes. I like well, I like all the crazy sci fi stuff that he just throws out on the page, um, which is really cool, but. For the most part, it really did feel like he was kind of ignoring, like, the back half of the season and was just like, yeah, let's get back to my stuff. It's awesome. I'm I'm the man. Um, which, I don't know. I'm really bummed about because I really wanted to, like, I appreciate it more, but I also, like, don't at the same time. <laughs> it kind of, yeah, it, it, it's almost like, you know, it, it, when I watch a lot of improv in my life and, you know, there, there's a thing where you can tell that the scene is moving in one direction, but then you have one member of the team that's like, but then we go back to the bachelor party and the bachelor party guy's there and like, oh, okay, okay we're going, all right, yeah. we haven't talked about that in a minute, but let's go back to the bachelor party. And it's like, all of a sudden we have to return the Chibnall's bits, uh, which sound like a great snack. <laughs> but, nope. Uh, 
No, no, no. The more we say it, the better it will get. No, no. Scott, what were your Scott? What were your thoughts the first and second time partaking in the Battle of Rans Korav Kolos? Uh, I I uh, I really like it. I think it's uh, Chris Chibnall's strongest episode. Um, I think it's I think it's his only episode that uh, feels like Doctor Who to me. <laughs> the, of all the ones that he he himself wrote, I think that it's it's the only one that feels like uh, doc, what Doctor Who should be doing. It's not like. The greatest, ver- the greatest episode or anything like that. I mean, it, it it sort of reminds me of like a like a like a good version of like a like a time in the Ronnie. Like that's kind of what it reminds <laughs> me of. And in fact, and in fact, I would put I would put Tim Shaw and and the Ronnie kind of like next to each other on the Doctor's uh, Rogues Gallery. Oh my wow. god! That, you you just you just I've been kind of like into the learning more about the Ronnie, but just you saying that just sucked. <laughs> Any interest ahead in the Ronnie? Yeah, I think we've seen. Um, haven't we seen of, both Ronnie stories? Yeah, we yeah, have. So. Okay. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's nothing else to learn. Nick. You, you yeah. know it all it's about. Like, it's like Boba Fett. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um. So, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I. 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 You know, I like it the best because it's the feels like the most like a Doctor Who story. I don't like that he. He obviously had a bully growing up named Tim Shaw that he's getting revenge on by making (laughs) him the doctor's greatest foe. Um, But (laughs) at least that's what Chibnall thinks he's doing. Uh, But like he's a narrator in a Christmas story. Yeah. (laughs) I I just uh, yeah. So like there's there's like I don't like like conceptually like what he's doing like. Um, I guess I just don't like Tim Shaw. Like Tim Shaw's stupid. Yeah, it's stupid, and it it was it was stupid in the premiere, and he's still stupid here. And it and it sucks because if this had been a good villain, this is like a cool story. Like oh, like I I I I got rid of a a, a baddie, and like sent him accidentally in three thousand years into the past, and now he's like lived for 3000 years on this other planet and is pretending to be their god and now he's like I'm going to get revenge on the doc like that's like I you know if you told me that that's what this was going to be like 4 months ago I'd be like that sounds awesome mm-hmm. like that sounds great and then if you would have told me what the name of that character was Tim Shaw <laughs> and that he has teeth in his face mm-hmm. by choice and, uh, and, he I, like, uh, and he has like 2016 Power Ranger armor. I just, I, I don't know. It's, it's just like, it's like the execution is what's not good. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it, everything <clears throat> else is like conceptually, like you said, Cass. Conceptually, it's all, it's all good. Um, and I do enjoy watching this episode a lot more than the woman who fell to Earth, which uh, Nick and I rewatched and is uh, not good. It's just, the, it's just the, straight up not it's good. It's the weakest episode of the season. Yeah. Um. And I, uh, yeah, so I like this a lot more than that, just because it feels more like Doctor Who than that one does. Um, but, and it's certainly, I think, Chibnall's strongest episode, but I don't think that's saying much because I don't think Chibnall is a good showrunner for this mm. show. I don't, I didn't even think he was a particularly good writer for this show when he was just a writer. Right. Um, but now that he's showrunning, it, it, it's just. It'd be like if Mark Gatiss took over. It's worse, I think. <laughs> sure. Because at least Gatiss understood Doctor Who. Right. I don't even think Chibnall understands it. I think he's trying to like I'm sorry, Mark. 
Uh, yeah, I think he's trying to like recreate it. He's trying to like turn it into something else. Um, I do like that this uh, concludes, you know, and, and we'll transition to what you thought now, Nick. But like, I do like that this episode really cements what you've been talking about all season, which is it's it's a whole season of 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 villains who are people who are radicalizing other people. Right. Yeah. Um. And that's been the whole theme this season. Mm-hmm. And this one definitely cemented that. So now I really hope that the New Year's special is something else. Because <laughs> I don't... Because now looking back, I feel like... You know what it reminds me of, Cass, is um that season of uh, The Second Doctor that's all based under siege oh, stories. Oh, yeah. That's what this reminds me of. And I feel like looking back on this, we're going to look back on this in the history of Doctor Who like 10 years from now. And we're going to be like, oh, yeah, that season where everyone was radicalized. Mm-hmm. Um, where we just did different versions of the same story over and over and over again. Uh, and I and I and that's unfortunate. I, I, I think. don't think um, that it's as formulaic, though, as the base under siege ones like the themes are all the same. But I think the execution of those themes varies from episode to episode, which is fine. I think that's true, but I mean, the same thing could be said about that base under siege season. Like, there are episodes that are, even though they're all the same, there are episodes that are better than other episodes. Yeah. Um, even in that, so I still think that's true. But um, I don't that's know. Fair. But anyway, Nick, what did what, what did you think? Well, yeah, and radicalization, and also the dangers of the you know, the, or the, the the toxicity that can come with the male ego and masculinity, mm-hmm. and what and I power and male power, and what I what really struck me this go round the second viewing is the looming threat of Graham's male ego. Mm. And we've seen all season what can happen when men feel endangered, feel insecure, feel scared, Mm -hmm. feel paranoid, and the hurt and violence and death that can come from that. And here we see Graham starting to be seduced by the dark side, so to speak. Of of like no, I've got to put this right. I got to kill him because he he took my took my lady away. And the doctor's like, don't do this. Mm. We have had nine adventures at least where you've seen what can come from this. Don't do this. And and I don't know. It it really felt like the themes of this episode coming home to roost in a satisfying way because we see Graham like no, I'm going to be the Batman. And yeah, like I, I I definitely agree with you guys that while this is Chibnall's strongest episode, it also is not one that I'm going to go back to the way that I I want to go back to like or blam and it takes you away and the Witchfinders and and demons of the Punjab. <laughs> because coming back to this requires to rewatch Woman. <laughs> yes, yeah. And you know and, and and yeah and I think Tim Shaw through Chibnall's writing becomes an effective villain mm. becomes an effect because now we see the the largest scale scenario of the to- toxicity of the male ego, this masculine, like me warrior, me strong, mm. me, me hate salad. Me yeah, me <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> Eat more salad. Eat more salad, Halloween. Oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah. The woman, woman who felt earth. Not great. Not a good time. But uh, I, I, found my, I, I found Tim Shaw becoming an effective tool for this story. And, you know, we see that it, 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 this all leads to eventually tyranny and the uh, manipulation and just like, you know, enslavement of people, you know, using their faith and religion which seems super poignant right now, mm-hmm. uh, no matter what country you live in. And and so, yeah, I, I found myself appreciating Tim Shaw's usage in this one. But yeah, like, I hope he stays in that pod forever. And I don't think if you're I don't think if you're Chris Chibnall, you have any desire to pick up this character again. And <laughs> that's what you think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, he's gonna get a phone call from his from his bully from school, and he's gonna be like, "What was you do? What was you do? Teeth in my face? Teeth in my face? <laughs> you shit, Chimney. You'll always be shit. I'm gonna put teeth in your face. Oh my god. Used to call you. And then he's going to he's gonna start crying, and he's gonna write the season premiere of season two. Yeah. And Tim Shaw is gonna come out of that pod. Yeah. And he's it's <laughs> just. I don't. I yeah. I don't know. Tim Shaw is terrible. Um. <laughs> But yeah, like you so, said, an effective villain, but not a good yeah. one. Yeah, and 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 the doctor's wariness and annoyance with Tim Shaw felt real to me because I myself am annoyed with Tim Shaw. <laughs> yeah, um, I thought I just want I more than anything I just wanted her to just be like, God, you're so stupid. Look how stupid you look. Yeah, like I just Edge Lord. Yeah, I'm call him an Edge Lord. An Edge Lord. <laughs> yeah, Edge Lord. I'm a Time Lord. I guess that makes you an Edge Lord. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> I would have stood up and applauded if that had actually happened. (laughs) Uh, Some really solid Yaz Doctor moments. I think think we've just figured out the title of this episode, (laughs) Return of the Edgelord. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah, really great Yaz Doctor or Yaz Doctor Roman moments. Some great Graham moments. Ryan, unfortunately, kind of underserved in this one. Kind of just like a guardian, like, oh, a granddad. I get, I mean that's what happens when you have too many companions. Is like oh, yeah. one always takes back seat. I really would be okay if it was just Yaz. Yeah. I think I've come full circle. Oh, I think I mean I I I would be surprised if if uh Graham and Ryan uh remain companions through the end of the New Year's special. Yeah. I I I I would hope that she's going to take them home. At the end of the New Year special, and then Yaz is going to be like, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna hang out some more. My family yeah. still yeah. kind of sucks. Uh, can I stay with you for a little while? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know that thing at a party where like everyone else leaves, and now it's just you and one other person, and you're mm-hmm. like, now I don't want to leave. Yeah, totally. It's gonna be like that for a whole season. Oh, it's gonna be good. It's real good. But yeah, man. Uh, I, oh, I, I, I was Cass. I was talking to Scott, and I, I wanted to bring this up in the show. But there was this moment around like Act Three where they're all running around doing their thing and making their final decisions and choices. Mm-hmm. And it struck me that unlike characters like Amy Pond, in my opinion, or Martha Jones, mm. I don't think any of these characters could be like cosplayed without the Doctor being in a, like a group cosplay oh. scenario. And I know, and I know that's super not. A part of the show and and extra. but it's a, it's a costume design uh, yeah. Uh, critique. yeah but it just struck me because I'm like gosh you know like for a while you really could if you saw a girl wearing like the red sweater thing mm-hmm. you're like oh you're Amy Pond yeah or, like a red leather jacket like oh you're Martha Jones mm-hmm. and and it just struck me that like I don't really I can't really I don't know if I could draw these three no no yeah it's a, that's a failure on the on the on the because that that that's the that's a failure on the costume design department because that's a um. That's like uh that's like that's like the base level of costume design which is like you need to you need to be able to like draw a uh, silhouette and know who right. they are. And I don't think you would know who these people are by a silhouette. Cuz I don't even remember if they're wearing um, the same clothes in each episode. Like it's like super casual yeah. street clothes, right? Yeah. yeah. For all of them. Yeah. And where did they get their clothes? Did they pack bags before they oh. left? Like I don't- <laughs> In this episode, Ryan was wearing a cool, like, Spinelli from Recess hat that I was into. Yeah, I like that. And then Yaz was wearing, like, a black leather jacket. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, that kinda, that'd be cool, because if, if she keeps rolling with the Doctor without these guys, her that would kind of counter the Doctor's very, like, bright, soft, sunshine look. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's true. She's like, I'm a cop. <laughs> uh, the other bit of this that annoys me is uh, the title, because is there a battle? 
I mean, it should be called escape the escape from Rantzkor Avkolos. Escape There's from- no battle, right? Yeah. Uh, at, at one point, at one point, uh, Mark Addy says something like the. These are the the spoils of Ranskorovkolos, and like even that sound like when he's looking out at the wasteland, like the victims of Ranskorovkolos or something mm-hmm. like that. And I'm like that'd be a better title because like the battle's such an afterthought. Yeah, it's mostly that one scene where you see all the ships laying about. Right, but then the, yeah, ba- but like, the, the battle's the ba- over. Ba- yeah, mm-hmm. there is no battle in this. Yeah, like they talk about the battle, but like it's not even. It, it doesn't even really seem like a big part of the story, other than the fact that like. Uh, 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 Tim Shaw has hostages because of it. What was the uh, what was the prophecy in Stephen Moffat run that would turn out to be a place? Demons run, demons run when the doctor yeah, yeah, comes yeah, to town. Yeah. Whatever that 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 oh. bull- baloney was. Oh, and, the and, silence and demons run was like a, a space station. Oh yeah, that felt more like a battle than yeah. The, yeah, escape from Rascore F. Colo is way better because it is. It's a, it's like a prison escape story, right? Yeah. I wonder if he came up with the um, title first, and then I would bet was like, yeah. oh well, now it's this, but I really like the title, so. <laughs> like you can call this like the Millennium Engineers or something, you know? Like make it about those two. Yeah, the st- stupidest, most boring, miserable religion I've ever heard about. <laughs> mm-hmm. I really you like and one other. The, the, the anyway. concept of of an alien race only having two members for like millennia, and then they just like make make stuff with their minds. Like that's so cool. But like, every- yeah, that's like Jack Kirby. Cosmic, yeah, like so. I like I yeah. like things about it, but I don't like the final product. Like everything, like everything yeah. together, just turns out really mediocre. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like. Like I like the designs of the sniper bots, like with their, with their, like, I like that they're wearing shrouds and like the robots underneath. Like I just conceptually, visually find that cool, but it it, it doesn't feel like it connects like the way the Moffat era mm-hmm. did. Where, it, for better or for worse, it really feel felt like we were watching like a, a cohesive, ugh, boy, unified like vision, you know, mm-hmm. a style, if you will. I don't know. Mm-hmm. This there were some really great episodes in this season. Mm-hmm. I thought that was I thought this was like an exemplary season of the show. But it just is bookended with, mm. I don't know, a writer that uh, I'm not. I'm not really too too nuts about it. Uh, I I don't think uh, I don't. I wouldn't call this an exemplary season of the show. Mm-hmm. It's it's maybe a sixty percent for me, probably more like a fifty five percent because all the Chimnal episodes are forgettable. Like they're not that good. And there's four of them. And we were str- I, I and I think we were struggling to like them. Like we kept telling ourselves, like, yeah, yeah, this was this was okay, this was good, but like, I think if we wa- rewatched them, we would be. I bored. really liked um, um, Serenga Conundrum. Um, that was like the only one of his that I was like, oh wow, maybe I do like Chibnall. And it turns out I don't. I just really like that oh, episode. Right. <laughs> yeah, that was a good episode. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I just, I just think it's like a. I think it's. I. I, I think it's a sixty percent. Got it. Season at best. Because I'd watch Arachnids again. Ah, see, I didn't even really like Arachnids that much. I thought it was fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fifty-five percent. Okay, I, I just, I, this is, I think this is a weak season. I really do because I don't, I don't think it knew what it was. It, it, it really felt like it was trying to figure it out the whole time, and I don't know why they went with Chibnall, who d- didn't seem to have a perspective on what the show should be. It just felt like he was figuring out as he went, and it. that's not what I want. Yeah, that's you know the, what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah right. Sure. Yeah, like that's that's not what I want from a showrunner on this show. I want them to have a very distinct concept, and I don't even think 
his concept worked with the way that it was being directed and and every like it was just i think it was i just think it was sloppily show run Did, um, this season i've never i've never seen a show be sloppily show run before like i've never seen what that really looks like and I think it looks like this. I don't like it. Did did um did did they hire Chibnall first and then he picked um Jody or is it the other yes. way around? Okay. Yeah. I think yeah. maybe yeah. they went for like a safe choice and because with the showrunner and because like they did, he was just like, Oh well now I gotta make a gamble on like a doctor. So I don't I don't know that it's like a good match. Because I would really yeah. like to see Jodie Whittaker written by somebody else, yes. um, or like showrun by somebody else. But I know yes. that's probably not going to happen because she's going to leave when he does. So, alas. which I don't, I don't really understand that either. Um, I get, I get, I get that. Like you know, you're sticking up for your bro, or yeah, you got to go to the, you got to dance with who you came to the dance with. Yeah, I guess. But like, man, it's Doctor Who. It's it's gonna it's gonna survive beyond them and you. So just. Yeah. Stick around. Like, be showrun by someone else. So what I, I think going into this season, because, I mean, maybe that's what 2019 is about. It's going to be like, oh, boy, I have to write 10 more of these. Jeez, Louise. And so when 2020 rolls around and we get season 12, you know, may, maybe the most we can hope for is like a, a, like a really stacked deck of writers again. And where like some really exciting stuff comes out of those episodes. Yeah, I would like to see them bring some writers back. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um I, you know what? I mean, call me crazy, but uh you know, Chibnall maybe uh I I I think I think it would be a lot of fun if he reached out to uh Russell T and uh Stephen Moffat and had them each write an episode next oh, season. Man. Really I just fun. think that would be so fun. Be really fun. Interesting. Um, if I, if I yeah. them would be interested. Yeah. I don't know if I want uh, Moffat to write because we've talked about 13. this ad nauseum. Like, I don't know if I want Moffat to write a, a female doctor, but like, <laughs> I don't. I don't want him to showrun a female doctor. I don't care if he writes an episode because okay. if it's not good, it's one episode. Oh well. Yeah, that's it was true. A, it was a fun experiment. Experiment. And we can move on now. <laughs> yeah, but I can kind of see where Cass is coming from. Where like, I can kind of. No, and I feel- get that. That that was my argument with with him showrunning. That, yeah, that's yeah. why I always said that he shouldn't showrun. Yeah. I get it. I just this is so boring. <laughs> this this I, take on the show is just boring. I, I really want him to only write like two episodes max next season. Like maybe the opener. Chibnall? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe the opener and maybe like the finale or whatever. But like Or maybe or maybe just a two parter in the middle somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> just give, give the, Nobody remembers give the, those. Give the premiere and the finale to someone else. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> because a lot of the other episodes that were not written by Chibnall, we've really liked, all three of us. So, I don't know. Mm. Yeah, it's like sad. I would love for I, I would love for each, I would love for another episode from It Takes You Away writer, from Punjab writer, from, it, from Kerblam writer. Mm-hmm. I, they were just really fun ideas in those episodes and really cool moments of science fiction that were very different from the Moffat era. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so I, I would love to see some of that come back and uh we'll see what happens i mean you know what from what we've heard from the quotes that have been released from chibnall about the new year special suggests at least conceptually this is meant to be epic and big in a way that uh this episode felt actively not for better or for worse mm. mm-hmm. so we'll we'll see we'll, we'll we'll see what what a what a big new year's day special epic from chibnall seems or is like and uh that will probably 
temper my enthusiasm going into 2020. I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll believe it when I see it. I don't know. Um, but here's hoping that it's not it's not just resolution. It's resolution of the Daleks. God, that's uh, so hey, you got a honk, honk for that. Did you hear that? <laughs> yeah. Um, I really. Based on my Daleks. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I do I really I really hope that that's the actual title of the of the New Year's special and not just resolution because if it's just resolution that's such a boring title mm-hmm. and yet um, very fitting is it for this era oh for this era sure what's it called what was what, it New Year's Day New Year, New Year's Day resolution how do stories end resolution just resolution. resolution yeah just yeah uh, this is resolution so tired I have to make ten of these <laughs> oh Chibnall but yeah resolution of the Daleks would be great mm hmm. Uh, I, I, I want to see them wearing those little hats. I want to hear them singing Odd Long Sign, or whatever you say it. Yeah. To Dalek Sack, the richest Dalek in town. I know that's Christmas. And then one like one like falls over the barrister. It's like, ah! Like some stairs. Because they're all swaying. Exterminate, exterminate, exterminate. Oh my god, I hope this is never gonna happen. But like if <laughs> the Daleks would be like in the 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 ball in New York City. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> if this was written by Moffat, that certainly yeah, would be as soon as the ball drops. He would he would say the ball was always a Dalek. Yeah, the ball becomes a <laughs> Like See, they got like, little balls on their trash can things. It's, yeah. it's perfect. And then the Statue uh, of Liberty is a Dalek. <laughs> I'm sorry. The Statue of Liberty is an angel. angel. Yeah, it becomes an angel again. <laughs> <laughs> the 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 New Year's ball Dalek and the Statue of Liberty angel become best friends. <laughs> oh, good. <They're> like, <sighs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, gosh. I mean, when you just think about, we had a whole season where the theme was what would be a cool movie poster. And yeah, <laughs> that was the season of this show. You're right. They what was just, that? Season seven? Yeah. Yeah. The Daleks take Manhattan. Right. Or oh, the Angels wow. take Manhattan. I always, wow. I always do that. But yeah, I mean, it just yeah, it feels like another whole other show. Mm-hmm. Better or for worse. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. So, so yeah, I think we all agree that we, we, it, even if it ends up not being the Daleks in, in resolution, though, I really think it should be because. I mean, there, there's been there's a there's always been a rule, uh, like you know, sort of a like a like a soft rule that like the doctor isn't the doctor until they face the Daleks, mm-hmm. and uh, we haven't we haven't had her Dalek episode, um, and and because that's when you really get to see like oh okay so this is how this doctor reacts to the Daleks and how uh they they fight this the Daleks and that's how you really start to get the differences you know between honestly the different doctors. I think. I think the reason why we're struggling with Jody's portrayal of the doctor and maybe the show too is because it doesn't have that iconography. Like it doesn't have the through yeah. line of the like the Daleks or the Cybermen or right. whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it feels kind of almost weirdly Nolanized. Yeah. Like she doesn't even hang out in her TARDIS that often, which sucks because no. I like it, I think. I don't know. I haven't seen it. <laughs> like it, it 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 just seems and again I don't want to sound like like a bitter old fan, but it, it, it seems so uninterested in the things that that are Doctor Who y to, to yeah, me. Yeah. That that we all love about Doctor Who. In fact, I you know, to the be- as far as I can tell, based on this season, it seems like 
Chibnall's favorite era of the show is like late fifth doctor, sixth doctor, seventh doctor era, early seventh doctor era. Like that seems like that's his favorite era of the show based on what we're seeing (laughs) this season and the things that he's interested in. Um, It it just doesn't. I remember when we first started the season, it was like, oh, maybe she'll be like a John Pertwee kind of Mm -hmm. No, she's not at all. And like this era doesn't feel like John Pertwee's era at all. It feels like sixth doctor. That's what it feels like. It feels like sixth doctor. Except that she's not cranky, she's a ball of sunshine, uh, which is what that era should have needed. That needed a doctor that was a ball of sunshine instead of yeah. like that crank. I, I can think of a certain. I can think of a certain companion that really would have appreciated that. Yeah, right. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, You're great. Oh man! Remember, oh, just a picture. Picture uh, thirteen with her. Yeah. Oh, they would have made. They would have made a good doctor companion combo. Maybe Adric would still be alive. <laughs> I don't know. Special little math prince. <laughs> he was the math sheriff. He had a badge. <laughs> I was the math sheriff, Doctor. I'll never know if I was right. I don't know how to communicate with you. <laughs> two plus two equals go to your room. <laughs> don't die. <laughs> Those two doctors would really get along. They're even like aesthetically similar. They're like they're like Lannisters. Uh huh. True. <laughs> oh man. Anyway. Anyway. On that note. All right. Well, uh, I guess that's this one. Um, yippee ki robots. Yeah. <laughs> yippee ki robots. See, it wasn't all bad. No, we did get that. It, we did get that, and we got a fist bump, and we got we finally got the fist bump. It happened. Just as just as Nick called it in the premiere, they're not going to fist bump until the finale. Mm-hmm. And, and then, it is. oh, uh, uh, the final scene of the episode, uh, we get a, we get a little a lovely little monologue from the Doctor, and I kind of thought in my mind it it seemed like a thirteen response to this is her version of a Pandorica opens monologue, mm. and it's not a big scary I'm tough monologue, but it's a healing one. And it's you know I I don't know I I, I just I I I, I enjoy that final moment you know mm-hmm. the universe you know hope the universe surprises you constantly I don't know there seems like a very thirteenth thirteenth thing to say mm. um all right well we'll be back in a few weeks to talk about the New Year special um after that airs and then we will be uh, taking a break for probably a few months uh, since we did long way around and then uh, the new season sort of back to back um. It it's been a struggle, uh, so we're gonna we're gonna take we're gonna take some time off, and uh, uh, then we'll be back in like the spring probably um, for a new season of uh, Long Way Around. Um, but yeah, in the meantime, we'll have the New Year special, and uh, we'll be back in a few weeks with that uh, resolution. Hopefully, parenthetically, of the Daleks. Of the Daleks. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye.
genre.